This is the Holland Assets Podcast, where we show you how to start and run your own trucking company. Ever wanted to go out on your own? Follow Chris as he goes through the highs and lows of running on his own authority. Welcome, everybody, to the Holland Assets Podcast, episode number 147, January 2024 financials. I'm just going to go ahead and spoil it. It was a good month. I'm really excited to talk about the numbers. I am your host, Craig, over there. Equally, or probably much more excited, it's Chris. Hey, Craig, how are you? Are you not bad, Chris. Yeah. Do I look Do I look like I'm in a little that better was mood? That so sedate for <laughs> an episode like this. So, first of all, how dare you? I'm sorry. And uh, I'm, I'm used to ruining things. Just get in line. <laughs> get in line of the people that I leave disappointed in my wake. So, we've been... I, I'm excited because we finally have an unambiguously good month to talk about, but we will get to those details. I just, you know, you got to you gotta set the tone, yeah. right, Chris? Teaser. So, hollandassetsllc.com is where people should go for full show notes, including the profit and loss statement that we'll be talking about today. You can get all the documentation. It's all super transparent. Uh, so, if you want to follow along with the journey of Holland Assets, that's where you do it. hollandassetsllc.com. You can also find us on Facebook where you can interact uh, with us and with other listeners, of course, uh, and also leave a review if you should feel so inclined. We would much appreciate it. Uh, now, Chris, before numbers come stories. Yeah. So you you teased a little bit. I, I don't know what the story is. You just told me that you have a Chris is dumb story. Yeah. 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 It's been a long time since we've had a... <laughs> Chris is stupid on the road story, and uh, we've got one this week. Okay, all yeah, right, let's hear a, it. A pretty good one, one that's kind of a little bit embarrassing. So I'm gonna I'm gonna throw myself out there a little bit. You know, I would say you're gonna throw yourself under the bus, but I'd say it's more a truck than a bus. It is a truck, a hey. big truck. Yeah, you're so funny. Uh, you have no idea. <laughs> so uh, yeah, anyway, I um, did something really dumb this last weekend when I was when I was in the truck just kind of one of those things, you know how you kind of get in a routine and you just follow the routine without really thinking much about what you're doing? Yes, I do. Well, that's that's kind of how this one started. <laughs> I'm excited. So let's let's talk about my routine. You know, my routine, like I, I take, you know, I'll, I'll do local little runs here and there, you know, running, you know, delivering a load for somebody, picking up a load for somebody. Um, you know, we we deliver a load to the Walmart DC here in the area, you know, fairly regularly, mm. um, you know, and, and those are you know short runs I'll do every once in a while. Um, so my routine is I get in, um, I when I when I do these runs they're usually pretty short, and so um, rather than disconnecting the driver's tablet from the ELD, connecting my phone to it, and then you know running under the ELD rules. Um, I just use a, what's called the time card rule just where you go local, you, you're, you're essentially just saying, Hey, I'm, I'm starting at this time and I end at this time. Right. Cause I'm, you know, there, there's a few things that are required to use this rule. You, you essentially have to start and stop from the same place. You have to stay within 150 air miles. Those are the kind of the two big things. So I, I do that. And the, and the biggest reason I do that is just cause it's, it's a pain in the butt for the driver then. Cause then they have to reconnect everything. Hmm. I'm kind of jumping in their truck taking their personal space anyway. Um, <laughs> what, like this isn't your prerogative well, boss? Yeah, you know, it, it's it's better for the company, but I also want to be respectful <laughs> that, I mean, that is the I'm driver's living space. I'm you know, sure that's so, appreciated. Yeah, I, I, I try not to disrupt things too much. I try not to, 
you know, move the mirrors around any more than I have to. And, and so I just try to be as, as courteous as I can, you know, like the boy scout motto, leave, leave it better than you found it. Chris, you know? so help me. If you list that as the boy scout motto, <laughs> it's not the motto. I'm taking but... your Eagle award away from you, which I assume you got I, I, because yeah, I, I sure I am did. an Eagle. Yeah. yeah. I, so, okay. That's not the motto, but that's <laughs> one of the mantras. Can there I say mantra go. of, of the boy scouts? <laughs> Uh, if we're going to have a scout off, I will win, Chris. Okay. okay yeah. Well, no, probably not, Mr. <laughs> Military Man. I, I barely, I got just enough merit badges and I got my eagle like days with of my 18th birthday. Okay. So I just so you're, by the skin of my teeth. So you're you're leaving things as you found them. Yeah, okay. So I'm trying to leave things as as I found them with the, with the truck. And so anyway, I, I, I was actually borrowing this driver's truck um, really early in the morning because I was just using it while he was... Um, essentially had passing through Utah. Okay. And um, what, what happened was I was doing a favor for one of the brokers that we work with. They had um, one of their carriers had broke down in Elko, Nevada mm. um, with, with a truck. And so there was a load there that needed to get to Arizona. And so I was going to borrow this guy's truck, go get the load from Elko, bring, bring it, it back, Lake. be done as early in the morning as possible so that he could um, hit the road, hit the road and yep. go. Or not not him actually. I was just using his truck to bring the trailer back, and then another driver was going to take it mm. the next day. Got it. And so um, I, I I wake up. I, I kind of calculate everything. The dealership in Elko opens at eight a.m. on Saturday, and um, so I, I calculate what time I need to leave. I, I leave my house like uh, at like two thirty in the morning. Um, get to the truck. Uh, go and I'm, I'm kind of like, I, I knew I was giving myself a little bit of time and, and I just take my time. I'm not driving very fast. There is a little bit of winter conditions and I'm bobtailing. So no trailer, mm. you know, those trucks aren't good at all <laughs> right. in the snow when there's no, <laughs> there's no trailer. On. Yeah. And so, you know, luckily I didn't really run into any bad weather, you know, a little bit of slick spots here and there, but nothing too serious. So anyway, I, I, I know I'm going to get there with plenty of time about seven 30 and then, you know, st stupid Chris number one, Elko is on Pacific time. And so I end up getting there an hour and a half early. Mess up number two. Well, and this wasn't my mess up. They show up late and don't even open the shop until oh, no. 820. Oh, no. And so then at this point, like I'm already more than an hour and a half behind kind of where I wanted to mm -hmm. be. And you know, the driver's anxious to get on the road with yep. the truck that I've got. And so finally, you know, I get ever get the get the trailer, um, start driving back to Utah and come through Wendover and I get pulled into the port. And they decide to do a level one inspection on oh. me. And that's you Which, know how long normally would that take? Half an hour, okay. forty five minutes maybe. Yeah. Um there there you depends on how many issues they find. Oh. Um so there's two inspectors, one that's spending most of their time inspecting the truck and one that comes up to me and does essentially the driver inspection. Mm -hmm. And when the driver inspector says, Hey, let me see our ELDs. I'm like, well, I'm, I'm operating under the time card rule, but you're outside the 150. But I'm outside the 150. And it just did not even click. Mm. Like I know the rule. I know you're not supposed to do that, but I wasn't even thinking like, I'm thinking I'm out and back easy peasy. Yep. I, I didn't even think I'm going out of the 150 yep. air mile radius. And so at that point, I'm like, oh, crap. I'm in trouble. I got in trouble. 
So anyway, to make a long story short, <laughs> you always say that, and I always it's not laugh short. Yeah, every single time you say that. I chuckle inside uh, a little. To make a long story not so longer, <laughs> <laughs> I um, you know we we kind of we kind of talk through this right, and and I'm like thinking in my head, you know what the ELD is recording everything. I can disconnect it right now, connect my phone to it, upload all the, mm, all the, the data, all the data onto my phone and, and mark it as a log. And so I end up doing that and say, Hey, look, I've got the ELDs and I, I've, it shows what I did. And he didn't like that either. Cause he thought I was like trying to trying to weasel out of we, it. Yeah, yeah. Pull a fast one on him, which I, I wasn't trying to do at all. Cause in reality, like I had broken the letter of the law. Absolutely. Sure. But I hadn't, like, if you look at, if I, if I'd been running under the ELD rule, I hadn't broken any rules. I'd, I'd stayed well under the drive time. I'd, everything was like completely legit, but I had just forgot to, mm. I, I'd, I'd made a mistake. Yeah. So anyway, it, it, it kind of interesting thing happens. Like the truck and trailer passed the inspection just fine. Um, like I, I try to like plead my case to this, to the guy He's and not, like, he's not really having it. And so after like all that happens, you know, they, they kind of, he's, they say, Hey, we're going to talk about this together and decide what we're going to do. Cause th there's kind of several options here. They can, well, they could let me go without doing anything, which I didn't think was going to happen. They could essentially say I should have been operating under the ELD rule, which I wasn't, which would put me out of service and mean I have to stay there for 10 hours before oh. I can drive again. Okay. Um, which would have just meant the driver would have had to drive all the way out to Wendover to pick to up get the truck, the truck yeah. and, and come back, which would have really inconvenienced him even more. And um, so, the, and then, you know, the, the third thing was maybe try to find some kind of happy medium right in the middle. And so anyway, like they sit in that office for at least 20 minutes oh. and I'm like sitting there kind of sweating the whole time, like already, like at this point, it's almost an, it's probably about an hour that I've been there before they finally come out and tell me what they're going to do. And anyway, they, they, they found what I would say a way to balance some justice with some mercy, right? Nice. They, okay. they, they kind of still held me to it, but they weren't as, as brutal as they, as they could have been. been. Yeah. So they ended up, um, hitting me with a, um, a false log report you reporting false logs or something like that um on my hours of service sounds violation pretty horrible. it sounds bad but it's really it's not as bad as as what the other ones it could have been in like they could have done an out of service yeah. violation which the points on those are crazy and and that would have been bad but uh so it, it just it wasn't as bad as it could have been so does Thank this goodness. hit uh uh an infraction like this does this hit you as a driver of the truck or does it hit holland assets as a company or both it hits both okay. so it will show up on my um hours of service record with mm. the fmcsa and it will show up on holland assets and and it sticks on both of them i i think the driver's three years maybe just two but i know the company's just two okay and and it kind of for the first six months it hits your score the hardest then it, it goes down a little bit for the first year and then 
after the first year to the second year, it's, it's lower. And then right. the second year, it goes so away. So does this affect insurance rates or anything else? Or is it more just like, hey, watch yourself because any more of this and... It could, except for our scores are already like well below the threshold. Mm. And uh, so one of these... The insurance threshold? No, well, the... The FMCSA okay. threshold, which yeah. then insurance companies and everybody look at. So right. it shouldn't in the long term affect things too bad because we're so far below the the, the threshold. Right, where it becomes an issue, mm-hmm. like a real issue. Uh, okay, well. So if we, if we had a few more of them, yeah, it could become an issue. But mm-hmm. luckily, like I think that's, I mean, we in the last year we've had, I don't know, somewhere between half a dozen and a dozen inspections. This is the first time in the year that we've had a violation. Yeah. And, and look, it's, it's me. Like I'm, I should know better. Like I, and that's one of the things that <laughs> the officers talked about, like you're the owner of the company. You should know better. Like I do, like I know better, but it just, yeah, I, it just didn't like, I, I didn't even think it like I didn't, I, I don't well, know. What do you why, call that? Like, you know it was, what? It was just dumb. It, it's, uh, I never got my pilot's license, Chris, but, uh, definitely went up in the air a bunch of times and had some lessons and whatnot. And anybody who's ever piloted any size of plane knows the checklist. And, and I don't mean like has the checklist memorized. They may, doesn't matter. You do the checklist every single time. Yeah. Right. And obviously if you're going up in a plane, that's, <laughs> there are safety reasons for that right um but maybe that's the kind of uh, mindset that could be uh, helpful here is literally have a clipboard on the passenger seat or wherever with a freaking checklist is this done is this done is this done have you considered this what you know i don't know that would prevent that from happening maybe i should punish myself and make myself do that now Mm. to just make sure I don't do that again. But I will tell you this, like it was a good lesson for me. It taught me, you know, a a few things. One, don't be complacent. Like I was just, I was complacent. Like I I wasn't thinking through what I should be doing. I was just kind of going through the motions and I didn't, you know, if I, if I would have put five seconds of thought into it, I wouldn't, Oh, I'm going over 150 miles. I need to do an ELD. Yeah. Because there, there was no reason for me not to like, I, Mm -hmm. I was following the rules. Like I was, following the rules you were supposed to other than I wasn't using the ELD. I was driving like you were supposed to drive. I was yeah. staying within all the, the rules. So that it looked like it, it was just, it was kind of senseless and pointless. But, sure. So I, I learned that and I, I'm never going to make that mistake again. Like, I'm not. <laughs> I should, I should think I, so. I was yeah. pretty like pretty upset at myself when it happened. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, uh, I, I would think the lessons here are pretty, evident at this point so people can take from that what they will uh, but speaking of uh spirit of the law and letter of the law we haven't broken the letter of the law chris but we did break the spirit of the law because it's taking us 15 minutes to get long. to uh yeah. to get to the numbers that's okay you know i kind of think we should start titling these episodes as uh you know january 2024 financials and whatever the topic and Chris is. is stupid. The, the, <laughs> I wasn't going to say it, uh, you know. but that'd be a great title. <laughs> yeah, great title. Okay, but let's get to the numbers, shall we? Um, January, am I right? It's, yeah, yep. January 2024. So do we want to jump into the numbers or do you want to intro these with how things have been going numbers-wise? So, so the numbers are good. We'll, yeah. we'll say that. Um and I think to me, this feels like it's a really big victory because 
the last four months have been some of the like most challenging four months of my career where mm. I've started dispatching. Um, you know, it, it kind of reminds me of my days driving where, you know, I would drive, I would stop and kind of manage some of my yeah. other businesses and, and take care of other things going on. And, and they just made for long days. I was constantly working and that's really what this dispatching for right now has kind of turned into. Like I'm, I'm pretty much working from five or six o'clock in the morning until five or six o'clock at night, just about every day, you know, every weekday. And then Saturdays and Sundays, you know, there's at least a couple of hours worth of work happening on those days too. And some of the, some days like even longer, um, you know, like this Saturday when I was, when I did that drive, I mean, it, from the time that I left my house until I got back, it was over 12 hours. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's, uh, it's been a lot of work and to, so to see some success and see some like sil some concrete, um, some concrete results mm. from that is, is pretty cool. Yeah. Like, Cause you guys it, have been working pretty hard on, uh, on, uh, what mickling your muckles or, yeah. or something along those lines. I, I will say, I, I think we've made a muckle. <laughs> nice. All right. So speaking of concrete, Let's get into some numbers. Uh, we start with the total miles run. And as I understand it, one of the trucks had to sit for a while in January. And so out of 11 trucks, you had 10 and a half running the whole yeah, month. Yeah, 10 and a half. Cause that, that one truck actually, it sat most of the month, except for um, Brad, our operations manager took it to Missouri and back. And then I took it to Las Vegas and back. Mm. Um, and then the, the new driver, was in it probably the last week of the month. Okay. So it, it actually, for all intents and purposes, for not having a driver for a month, we still utilized it a decent amount. And it did some local runs yeah. here in Utah okay. during that month too. So with, uh, we'll call it 10 and a half trucks, what's the total number of miles? 120,930. So okay. th that's hey, really that's... not that far off yeah. from the last four months. It's, it's, it's the lowest of the last four months, but but the Not last four months lower. have been pretty high. Yeah. You guys have been running. I think pretty the hard. highest was what 120,000, 128,000 ish. Right. So it, it's not that far off. So this is, uh, we'll call it, we'll round it up. You said 120.9, we'll call it 121,000 miles. How many of those were deadhead miles? Um, 6,347, okay. which is 5.2%, almost identical to the last month. Yeah. That's, that's a pretty good number. Uh, for a total revenue of. Now, this is the fun part. Okay. $290,958.59. That's a lot of so freaking that's, money. That's a, that's a new record. Yeah. yeah it buy a, a lot? I, I think 12,000. Wow. I think. Okay. Yeah. I'd say that's a pretty yeah. good margin. Pretty, pretty good little jump. Uh, so, okay. So again, rounding up, call it 291 uh, as your total revenue number. And that gives, or sorry, we need to talk about the rate per mile, which was also better than it has been in the past in january yes in january which is usually one of our slowest worst months so yeah. two two dollars and forty cents a mile which is the best number we've seen since august of 2022 so seven best number in 17 months that's which is is phenomenal like it's yeah. it's really nice to see that kind of a number and obviously we hope that that number continues to go up but it's a it's a lot better than the buck 88 we were seeing at yeah. some point. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's so. within the last four or five months, it's, that's about a 50 cent a mile mm. swing. So that's, that's significant. So, all right. So total revenue of 291,000, let's talk profit because 
uh, there's no sense in wondering. We've already kind of let that cat out of the bag. What was the profit this month? Uh, it was $59,546.22. Hey, and based on what you were saying, was it in the last the episode last, or the, the episode last profit that? and loss episode? Yeah. You wanted to get to 50K before you could say, I feel good yep. <laughs> about this. And here we are, 59. I feel good. You feel- that was, yeah, I feel good. <laughs> Prophecy. Yeah, look there at you that. go. Uh, okay, good. Yeah. Well, Chris, thanks for coming. I guess that's it, right? <laughs> no, we should dig into the numbers a little bit. Is there, I, you know, I glanced at the profit and loss statement myself before we started recording. Uh, and I wasn't able to identify anything that jumped out as an explanation for this, um, just based on the profit and loss. But am I missing anything? Or are there any uh, highlights that kind of explain what happened this month that, and why it was a, good? That's a good question. I'll I'll talk a little bit. It's it's really the big difference is revenue. Mm. Our, our revenue was awesome. Um, if if you look at the expense side of the of things, it really nothing too crazy, either good or bad on the expense side of things. The the best thing on the, the one caveat with that is fuel. Mm. Fuel was 24.3% of revenue, which is, is also the lowest we've seen um, in a really long time since the kind of the beginning of 2022, you know, 18-ish yeah. months ago. So almost a year, two years ago. It, so that's, that's really good. Um, but all the other profit and loss things, you know, expense wise, especially mm-hmm. were really kind of bland, like nothing that really stuck out. So, yeah. And that, of course, that doesn't mean that there weren't, uh, there maintenance and repair costs. It doesn't mean that there weren't other expenses that we talk about month in and month out, but sometimes having it, uh, <laughs> having to talk about those things makes a month like this, uh, pretty nice when yeah. you get to say, eh, nothing exciting. That's pretty exciting. That's exciting. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so nothing exciting on the expense side really makes things exciting on the uh, profit side. There you go. There you go. Okay. So to what then do we attribute the change? If we can't look at the profit and loss, I mean, fuel is definitely, I, I guess I wouldn't have known the percentage without pulling out a calculator. So I didn't spot it right away, but okay. So fuel is good. Is that the driving force behind this uh, increase in revenue? No, I, the fuel, the fuel is definitely not um, a, a big contributing factor, you know, maybe, maybe a little bit. I mean, it, it contributed a little bit, but not, not much. Um, if I, if I had to guess, I, 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 I do think the market's starting to change a little bit and get a little bit better, but I, I, maybe 25% of the increase is because of the market. If that mm. in, in reality, like I'm going to toot my own horn a little bit here. It's really me bringing in the dispatching. And, and doing Just the dispatching or cutting ourselves. that expense. So you, you cut that expense one and um, the revenue per mile that I've been getting is, has been higher. And a lot of that's like, it's really attributed to the backhauls we've been getting. Um, right. We, we had, there, there's a couple um, relationships that I've developed since I've been doing this where we've started to get a significant number of loads that bring us back to Utah that are decent paying from a couple different dispatchers. One of them was a dispatcher, or not dispatcher, broker. One of them was a broker we were already doing business with, but we do like a few loads mm-hmm. a month with them. We're to the point now where we're doing, 
you know, several loads a week. Like we've probably at any given time have five loads going with these guys. Right. Like half of our trucks almost on, maybe not quite that, but pretty close to it on with these guys. And they're really for the most part, good paying loads. Um, and, and so that's, that's what's been the biggest difference maker. You know, it, it's that relationship. And, you know, we talked a little bit last, um, last episode about the Holland Assets Academy that we've got kind of cooking. Mm-hmm. We're, we're going to um, kind of take the education level up a notch. Um, and, and one module that we're focusing in on is, is this finding loads and, and really taking a deep dive into this kind of thing. Um, we're going to, we're going to talk about it some, and I think probably the next podcast episode, and then we'll dive even deeper into it in Holland assets. But that relationship piece is just so important. Yeah. And, and so we'll talk about that. You know, and it strikes me that, um, that is is actually an aspect of what you called to mind as you were saying, hey, you know, I'm going to toot my own horn. We brought the dispatching in-house. I've been doing the dispatching. There are two reasons, not separate, but very much connected, two reasons why that would affect the bottom line. First, you're saving that line item expense, right? Um, You got to pay the dispatcher or you don't got to pay the dispatcher (laughs) one way or the other, right? But also there's a, a, a principle, I can't remember if we've talked about it on this show, I'm sure we have, but the principle is basically nobody is going to care about your business as much as you do. It's impossible. It's, it, you know, human nature is what it is. It, nobody can or will care about your business the way you do. And that's not their fault, right? So the dispatcher that you were using before, sure he's a great dispatcher, great dude, uh, but he's incapable of caring as much about your company as you are. Yeah. So when you bring that in-house, you're not just looking for the next load. You're thinking about building that relationship with the the broker. You're thinking about finding direct shippers. Uh, you're thinking about things more and more strategically than the outside dispatcher could. Is that fair? Yeah, that's absolutely fair. And I actually... Um, did a an, an analysis on um in december of i i'm a kind of a competitive person so i kind of wanted to yeah imagine that <laughs> i i you know I, I always want to try to do better i'm always trying to be better at whatever it is that i do and and part of that is just kind of okay comparing you know what i'm doing to what somebody else is doing and trying to see if i can either learn from them or you know make adjustments so that i can do better and, and knowing kind of how other people do things and how they perform kind of helps you do that. And so I did a comparison um, of, of our numbers in December of the rate per mile on the loads I was getting. I, I weighted it and everything to make it based off of strictly off of mileage. And so, um, you know, I, I took the number of miles, the trucks I did drove, the revenue they brought in, calculated the rate per mile. And I did the same thing with the, with the, the other dispatcher. And I was getting six, I averaged 16 cents a mile more mm. on my loads than, um, the other dispatcher. And, and that that's significant also. So not only are we saving roughly $8,000 a month in a dispatching expense, we're also getting roughly 16 cents a mile more, um, for every mile that we drive mm. that it was a big swing. Yeah. Yeah. That's huge. Okay. So, it, and, and that's, you know, I've learned so much and I'm, I'm a really analytical person. I, I try to dive into the details and figure things out. And I do this with all the loads that I book and everything I do and the relationships and 
Um, I'm a pretty good negotiator too. And so I, I, I think I've just done a really good job with that. And, you know, that's going to help give us some good content on the podcast episodes. We've already done a couple. There's more to come. And then also, you know, that'll just the Holland Assets Academy stuff that we're going to be putting out is I think just going to be invaluable for somebody that mm. is going to dispatch themselves or a, a fleet of trucks. And it's like, I think there's some really good stuff that people yeah. are going to be able to learn. Would you, would you say if we went back five years ago and started this podcast again uh, and hit kind of the basics of what it takes to be a successful uh, uh, owner operator, would you have talked about dispatching more knowing what you know now, or do you feel like we did hit it pretty well? No, I, I, I would, I would have talked a little bit about it more. I, I mean, I, I couldn't talk about it with the same authority then that I can right. now because I, I wasn't really doing it. And I, and I don't know that I would change, especially that first year mm. that you're operating, you really need another, a, a dispatcher that's got experience that can get you through that first year and help you build the relationships and, um, just get brokers that will let you take loads for them because you're so new. Right. Once you've got at least six months to a year under your belt, then most brokers will give you loads. Before that, like it, it's it's slim pickings, and you know if you've got a dispatcher that's already got relationships, you know it makes it that much easier. So I think I don't know that I would necessarily. I, I definitely would have still used a dispatcher. You know, I, I think Jake did a good job. I, I, I'm not trying to like no 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 rag on Jake by any means. Um, but at some point for most companies, you know, that's a service you're probably going to want to want to bring in house. And, yeah. you know, it just, now it's, it, it's definitely the time for us to do that. Um, you know, if, if hindsight's 2020, I may have done it a little bit sooner, mm. but uh, you know, me personally, I just wasn't ready. And so, you know, it, it kind of is what it is and yeah. we've done it now and it's, it's turning out to be fruitful and I'm excited about it. And I think it's just, it's going to continue to help Holland assets be stronger and grow and be more healthy. There you go. Well, speaking of which, uh, Chris, I think as we're wrapping up, uh, the question here is how much does this one very good month really make you feel long-term and how, how many more of these, oh, I guess three questions, how many more of these do we need to have before you feel really secure? Uh, and then do you think that February is going to look like this? It's a good question. Um, or good questions. I think we still have, like, we need to do this for like a good year to, to <laughs> dig us out of the hole that we've dug into the last two years. Like yeah. it, the last two years have been tough. Um, you know, if we can continue to kind of do this for a year, that's going to make a, you know, a significant dent on, on the challenge that we've had over the mm -hmm. last year. So we, we need to keep like, this is not the end by any means. Like we've got to keep pushing. We've got to kind of keep our focus on, what we're doing and, and continue to improve. We can't, like I told in the story at the beginning of the podcast, we can't become complacent. Mm. We can't get into a routine. We're just, we're not to that point yet. Um, so we can't slow down. Um, and it is going to take a little while, but um, as far as, you know, what do I see over the next little bit? I, I think this is a good indication, like really what's happened over the last four months, we've been constantly improving, right? And this has been our best month, which is January, which is usually a pretty tough month in trucking. Um, short term, like February, I think it's still February is still going to be a challenge. A like, challenge. Yeah. Okay. I, I don't, I, I kind of already feel on, I mean, we're a week into February. I don't think February is going to be as good as January was, 
But I still think it's going to be way better than we would have expected out of February. Right. So um, I, that that's that's good. And and the hope, of course, would be if January and February are this good, then uh, you know maybe we'll be breathing easy come May, June, July. Yeah. Right. Like, you know, March March April is usually when like you get produce picking up, and mm -hmm. you know that kind of adds some constraints into the market and rates tend to go up a little bit. And so I, I really think we're going to, you know, I, I'm more, I'm more and more optimistic about this year, not only for Holland assets and the changes we made, but the market itself, I think is going to be a little bit better for everybody. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm still cautiously optimistic that that's going to be the case. And, and we're going to, we're going to pull a, a, a decent year this year. Yeah. Okay. Well, Chris, uh, that sounds like a good place to wrap up. Uh, do we have an impact tip beyond no. make a checklist? I don't, ha yeah, don't. I don't have one today. No. <laughs> don't, uh, don't slip into an unfortunate routine that leaves you, uh, <laughs> you know, high and dry. Yeah, there you go. Uh, so thanks everybody for listening. Don't forget to go to hollandassetsllc.com. Don't forget to find us on Facebook and leave a review should you feel so inclined and absolutely keep an eye out uh, in uh, both of those places on Facebook and uh, at Holland Assets LLC and on this show for when Holland Assets Academy launches. It's in the works. It's going to take a while. Okay. So be patient, but it'll happen and you're going to love it. Chris, thanks for coming in this week and I'll see you next time. See you then.